You went scandalous. I'm about to go scandalous. Even more scandalous? Probably, actually. Um, Hopefully you have more evidence. I think I do. Um, So I'm sure quite a few people have heard about this now because I think it's more talked about than it was when I first heard about it. Um, But when I heard about this, I could not stop thinking about it. (laughs) So that's why it's my first story. Welcome to Hysterical History, where we sit down, talk about our favorite stories, and of course, laugh. Your hosts are Whitley Tressler and Emily Gummery. All right, let's get this show started. What do you know about Ben Franklin? (laughs) Tell the class. (laughs) Like, you hear Ben Franklin and you think, what? Um... I think he was a pretty saucy guy, right? Like, he was pretty, like, into the ladies, I think. And then also something about, like, a key on a kite. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let me tell you how people think Ben Franklin could have been in a sex cult. (laughs) Wait a minute. I swear. (laughs) Why did I think he was saucy? He is saucy. That is being saucy. If you're in a sex cult, I think you're rather saucy. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, why do I know that he's saucy? I don't know why you know he's saucy. What, like, pretext is underlying the fact that I know that Ben Franklin might be a saucy guy into the ladies? I mean, are you a time traveler to 1770-whatever and he hits on you? Plot twist. I was in the sex cult. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Okay. Well, then don't ruin my story because then you already know what's going to happen. No, I actually don't. I'm so pumped. I okay. think maybe what happened is you told me like this topic like months ago. And then you were And like, now it just lives in my brain <laughs> that Ben Franklin is a saucy, sexy man. I would not personally say sexy, but I guess each their own, you know? I don't know. I like, like he probably myself was sexy a... for the time, but not for me. I actually didn't know a lot about Ben Franklin, the guy, I guess. I was actually uh, kind of like, I mean, I shouldn't have been, I guess, but it kind of took me back to find out that he was born in 1706 in Boston. I don't know why I thought that he was born like not in America or like the new world, but like he was born in Boston. So somehow that apparently escaped my knowledge. I mean, I never thought about that in my life that... Like, for some reason, I think that Ben Franklin is saucy, but I didn't think he was born in the U.S. I I think in my head, like, (laughs) so sorry to the pilgrims, but I think in my head, like, us living here, like, the United States, nothing happened before 1776. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That exact same thought. (laughs) Everybody, like, George Washington, Ben Franklin, (laughs) in my head, they grew up in England. (laughs) came here to fight a war they didn't know about and then just lived here. <laughs> so, so that's where we're this starting This is truly out. a testament to the quality of the <laughs> United States this education system. <laughs> yes, right here, me. Okay, so um, like you kind of mentioned, so he was really best known for his like vast knowledge of science and his inventions. Um, he also was actually a major figure in the American Enlightenment. And played a huge part in the history of physics for his discoveries and theories regarding electricity, which is kind of what you talked about when you tied the key to the kite, flew it up, and got electrocuted. Do we think he really did that? Maybe. 
That's all I learned about Ben Franklin. Me too. Like, I learned more about that than I did about him being, like, a founding father figure. Yeah, so here's a fun thing. Um, I'm pretty sure we're all going to take a very wild journey through everything with this podcast. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> um, my teachers were nice people, and if you're listening to this, loved you in class. Uh, education system really failed me, I think. <laughs> okay. Just saying, personally, that's how I feel. Well, jumping up to the next big kind of American war that we think about the Civil War, my eighth grade history teacher said it wasn't about slavery at all. He told us that in class. I think everybody which, would. I mean, granted, it was, it was a class of 20 white students, like in rural America. Yeah. So he's like, oh, if anybody tells you that war was about slavery, they're wrong. It's I mean, about economics. No. Yes. Well, yes and no. Like economics, it's there, but like their slaves. slavery is the economic system. Yeah. But anyways, um, I digress. Yeah, like I think teachers. Here's where I. This is what I'm going to throw out there, so it doesn't feel like we're like shitting on our our teacher listeners. I think teachers are great. I think the education system also fails teachers because they don't get to teach what they know and like do their own research and teach facts. Like they have to teach what old white people, especially like specifically men uh, in government who have no like educational background, like with teaching, uh, tell them to teach. So I think it's not them. Like the teachers are not failing me. Like the system's failing the teachers and the students. I mean, yeah. And that is very prevalent in the fact that, we don't think about American history before 1776. Which is crazy. Because it's the eradication of Native people in North America is mm-hmm. basically what it is. Yep. And we don't learn about it. No. We learn that Thanksgiving was a fun, happy time between the pilgrims. And there was a trail of tears. Uh, yeah. I can tell we, you there was a trail of tears. I can't tell you much more what no. happened. Like, I know there was Thanksgiving, the trail of tears, <laughs> and then... Bing bong, guess who's here? The American Revolution. <laughs> no, it's more like bing bong, guess what? Here's some smallpox. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get told that. But anyways. Ugh, okay, we, back to Ben Frank. We could talk for like five hours about this. But that anyways, could be another episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but like you brought up, so he was best known for his uh, lightning rod, bifocals, and actually something called the Franklin Stove. He also, are you ready for this? Ben Franklin is really killing it with finding stuff. (laughs) He founded the library company, Philadelphia's first fire department. So I'm sure they were really happy he did that. (laughs) Or (laughs) shit was burning down all the time, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, And the University of Pennsylvania. So if you're a listener we have that goes to the University of Pennsylvania, you can thank Ben Franklin. So though he's known for these great contributions, and that's typically when you say Ben Franklin, that's those are the things you think of. Uh, the man had an uncontrollable weakness for the opposite sex. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> just he was woman hungry. So let's get into it. As a teenager, apparently he made advances toward a friend's mistress, which ended their friendship so he was like hey you have a mistress we're friends but that's more important because i like her and now we're not friends anymore 
You swear. <laughs> so in his 20s, he also he also fathered an illegitimate child. Oh, haven't we all? Which his wife Deborah helped raise. Oh, Deborah. <laughs> and on top of that, you want to hold your poor Deborah because you're about to feel worse for her. There is also like rumor and talk of him having close to 15, one five, illegitimate children. Now, let's poor Deborah. <laughs> like, <sighs> Deborah. Why did you put up with that, Deborah? Because he's a fi- he's a founding father. He's founding all kinds of stuff. So moving into more of his adult life, because I'm not, I, I would love to dive more into Ben as a person, but we're really here to talk about his time in a sex cult. So we're going to skip a few things. So moving into his adult life, he spent a lot of time in Europe, actually being the American ambassador. Many believe that he played a key role in winning the revolution due to his relationships in France. So he spent a lot of time in France. He made connections. He was on the party scene, doing his thing, like hitting the brothels. He one hundred percent was having on thirty the more illegitimate children in France. He was when he was in France. He wrote his morning routine to a letter, like in a letter to a friend. Now I'm not saying <laughs> it's not uh, good information, I guess, to like share your morning routine with a friend. Well, let's just talk about it so (laughs) he said he would take quote air baths which means he would sit in his chamber naked for half hour to hour depending on season either reading or writing depending on season yeah if i'm sure if it was colder like winter he would only do half hour but like if it was summer like where it was sweltering it would be an hour but he's taking those air baths in his chamber, butt naked. But why, why is it a naked. bath? Because he's naked? Is that... The air is bathing him. How dare you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know you were an air bather. <laughs> and just, in all his glory, reading and writing. Crazy. I mean, sounds pretty nice, to be honest. So, um, I'm going to switch to talk about sir francis dashwood i know we have not talked about him yet but he's kind of important and why i'm going to bring him up so sir francis uh, dashwood was born in 1708 um, which is two years after ben was born he's the sole heir of a very wealthy merchant he was noted as being quote an enormously rich man with a genius for obscenity In his formative years, he took what has been referred to as a grand tour. So basically, he and other men, so apparently this was like a thing, they would use this grand tour um, as an excuse to, quote, sow their wild oats, end Mm. quote, before settling down into adulthood. These travels also inspired his interest into rituals of the past that were left to make room for religious ideas that they had at the time. So kind of think more of like 
how Halloween started. Like right now you dress your kid up, you go around, you get candy from strangers. The only time getting candy from strangers is socially acceptable. Uh, <laughs> but before that, it was sort of like, I mean, at the time, like what I would associate it with is like witches and mm-hmm. like uh, rituals that witches, Wiccans like would do and celebrate. So like it kind of like has evolved. And so that's what he's looking at is okay before if for this instance like halloween like what were they doing before and he was like super into things from the past okay so so um, a historian of sorts yeah for rituals yeah except he didn't use the rituals to learn anything <laughs> he used the rituals to start uh what was known as the friars of saint francis of wycombe or the Hellfire Club. Have you ever like a biker heard, gang. Have you ever heard of the Hellfire Club before? No. So, let me tell you I've heard this before. <laughs> they talk about it in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> oh. Of course so they do. Logan is a part of the Hellfire Club. But let me tell you, it is not the same Hellfire Club that this man made. <laughs> so, okay. So, while Ben Franklin... <laughs> Well, Ben Franklin was in London between uh, 57 and 75. Um, Some believe that he was a member of this Hellfire Club, which, as we just learned, was run by Dashwood. So Dashwood was a sympathizer, good Lord, of the American rebels and was apparently in communication with Franklin originally, so they say, to somehow assist with the revolution. Such clubs like his Hellfire Club, uh, were rumored to be meeting places of, quote, persons of quality, end quote, who wish to take part in socially perceived immoral acts and the members were often involved in politics. So basically what they're saying is, you want to do some shady shit? Come to this club, nobody will talk about it. <laughs> that's what that's saying. <laughs> I mean... It had to start somewhere, and apparently it was then. Actually, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes further back than that. Like, something like that. Oh, no, for sure. But I think the reason that we're going to talk about this, and most people talk about this, is because, like, yeah, Ben Franklin was, like, a scoundrel or whatever. But to, like, be a part of, like, what we're about to talk about is insane. As they say in Bridgerton, he's a rake. He is a, a rake. The rake. In this story. Rake. It's pretty hard to find who was actually for sure 100% involved. And that's because uh, most of the records were burnt, burnt in 1774. Which I feel like when we talk about what's about to happen, I understand why they would burn the records. <laughs> I'm even mostly surprised that they would why? even yeah, keep, wait, re- keep wait records to begin with. I So, yeah. I feel like... Uh, who thought it was a good idea to start taking records for a sex cult they're like we just need a treasurer or not treasurer we need a (laughs) secretary secretary for this club and you just need to take notes of all the time i slapped this woman's booty booty (laughs) so um most men that were involved in these clubs (laughs) and this is funny because i didn't even remember i wrote this (laughs) most men were involved uh that were involved in these clubs were perceived to be rakes oh that's funny (laughs) And we're always out looking for, quote, a good time. Uh, which, But I mean, what do you mean by a good time? Boutet. <laughs> okay, so 
Um, during recorded visits, so there are records for sure of Ben Franklin going to Wycombe, which is the estate that Dashwood has in the London area mm-hmm. or like England area. Um, and at the same time, there were records of Hellfire Club meetings happening while he was there. So I feel like in the same instance of Eleanor Roosevelt, we could probably safely assume that Ben Franklin is a part of the Hellfire Club. I mean, I would be willing to say that that's probably true. You don't have to convince me. I'm on board already. I obviously (laughs) showed in the Eleanor Roosevelt episode that I am very willing to jump on board a boat before I know where its destination is. My boat is is on fire. You're jumping on. I'm here. I am here for the ride. Everybody get you a friend. It may end up being the Titanic, and I'm going to go down with it gracefully. (laughs) Ben Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt are our iceberg, for sure. Yeah. The reason also why, and I'm not trying to convince you, I'm trying to convince our audience, because you already are on this ship with me. I'm here. But um, they also say that there really wasn't any special reason Ben Franklin should have been there. Um, It wasn't like they had scheduled meetings to talk about the revolution. He wasn't like getting his hair done. You know what I mean? Like there's no really reason why he should have been there. So if he wasn't a member, I mean, what was he really doing? And if, let's talk about it, everybody. If Dashwood is the leader of this club, and he is essentially going to be at the club meeting. Who would Ben Franklin be there talking to then? Obviously, he's at the club meeting. Yeah. Okay. I so mean, let's just use our common sense and our context clues. Education system did not fail me there. Context clues must. Here's where we're going to get juicy. Okay. Because we're now about to talk about what happened during these meetings. Are you ready? Are you buckled up? <sighs> I'm not, but let's go. <laughs> okay. So, members, members, so like each member got to invite, quote, a lady of a cheerful, lively disposition to improve the general hilarity, end quote. Oh my God, is that us? Um, no. I'm <laughs> thinking more like lady of the night. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. So the women were made, and this is why, first sentence right off the rip. (laughs) These women were made to wear nun robes and masks. So not like nun masks, like nun robes. And then they also are wearing some masks. Right. Most of the parties took place on a private island. If you look it up now, well, I don't know if it's still there. I couldn't find it in the notes. Maybe I looked in the wrong place, but it housed the uh, Medmanham Abbey. We know from Sound of Music that an abbey is where nuns used to live, so it's all coming together. All the pieces are fitting. Guess nuns still live there? I shouldn't say used to. Nuns still exist. Uh, They do, in fact. Yes. Yeah. I just don't... I meant that as... Let me clarify, because now I feel like I'm (laughs) rambling and I'm panicked. I kind of think I meant that as, like, I don't know if they still call them abbeys, is what I guess I should have said. But that's what they were called at the time. I'm not up on my nun history. Yeah, I think they're... In England, they call... Do they still call them abbeys? Well, like churches are abbeys. Okay. So then, yeah, they would still then be called that. Wait, just to clarify, they're on an island, you said? Yeah. So my understanding of the information that I looked up is 
the island is like near his estate. So like essentially they would get in some boats, row out to the island mm-hmm. and that would be where they would have the parties. Okay, just like really quick, this sounds like Jeffrey Epstein's sex ring. Because that all happened on an island where they brought a bunch of underage girls. I mean, I'm not saying that this uh, Sir Francis Dashwood didn't communicate after his death with Jeffrey Epstein. I'm just telling you the facts. What you insinuate is what you (laughs) insinuate. Um, I'm here for the paranormal activity. Yeah, it it could be. It's all going down in an abbey, so who the hell knows? So, (laughs) okay, back to this. (laughs) Dashwood actually also owned this because he refurbished the abbey itself he wanted to keep the rustic creepy look of the structure oh but added the following items so let me tell you what he added so picture (laughs) a nice quiet abbey okay nuns used to scamper scamper and priests used to be there now they don't live there anymore, but we have women of the night showing up in nun costumes. And this guy is putting in stained glass windows that depicted members in risque poses. Two. Wait a minute. <laughs> members of the cult? All it said was depicted members in risque poses. Because when you first I'm said assuming that. assuming it's like members of the cult. I hear what you're saying. The only reason I think it's not that is because, like, you only have so many poses. So, like, with... (laughs) That sounds really bad. My grandma's going to disown me. So, I'm thinking with how many stained glass windows there would have to be. I'm I'm thinking it's, like, people. Like, the members are in risque poses with some, like, ladies. I'm with you. I'm here. That's what I would say. Pornographic fresco... A fresco is a more like a technique of mural painting. Oh, okay. So it was executed usually upon freshly laid lime plaster. So like that bad boy is going to be there for a long time. So it's like just a lot of erotic art so far. Yeah, it's kind of what um, the person who painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Okay. So he also put in a vast library that had the finest literature and what was noted as, quote, the finest collection of pornographic books in Great Britain. Oh, so people are like writing erotica. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's like some Fifty Shades of Grey here in the 1700s. It is getting juicy. I mean, what else do you have to do, I guess? (laughs) Yeah. So here's what happened. Let me, let me take you on a journey as if you are a member or a lady date. Okay. Okay. Great. So the members and their dates would arrive on the Island at night. Dashwood would pour guests a special cocktail of brandy and brimstone, which is literally sulfur. I looked it up. It's literally sulfur. I don't know about them, but I'm concerned. Okay. <laughs> um, and they would toast to the power of darkness. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> cheers, so, cheers. Uh, they would strike a gong and members would file in line. That's how they knew, like, cheersing's over. We're down to business now. <laughs> <laughs> so they would have what is called um, black mass, like, quote, like, in quotes, black mass. Black mass is where members 
would huddle around a woman laying on her back on a table and would take sacrificial wine from her navel. So like a shot from... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Navel shot. 100%. That's... They're like... The Hellfire Club created that. Do not believe Chad from the frat club. Like, or frat, <laughs> the frat, like, he, he did not create that like the Hellfire Club did. So, don't believe Chad. So, though they practiced these rituals, they did not consider themselves, and many didn't consider, like, many historians and stuff, don't really consider them Satanists. And I think that's just mm. because, like, their rituals didn't really um, surround, like believing any certain type of thing they right. I, they literally just use it so they could have sex all the time like i'm, I'm telling you that's what that is yeah it, it seems kind of like that they came up with these names because what they were doing is sinful not because they're right healing any kind of demon right or like they're not trying anything. to conjure they're not trying to like yeah. pray to they're just they're trying to get some wine out of an like, trying to get laid yeah yeah, love that for them. So while the drinks were flowing and they're cheersing and having a good time and taking navel shots, um, they would read dirty stories with their guests or pull the pornographic tales of the time out of their little lovely library. And Whitley, I sent you a text and I would love for you to read the snippet I, I found from one of the pornographic books. Ugh. Okay. Um, so this is going to be between a married lady and a maid. So like they're having a conversation. Okay. Please go ahead. All right. They call them stones and in them is contained that white thick liquor. Oh my God. <laughs> he took hold of that place that distinguishes us from men. At the same time, he cried out, Oh, I have a maid, a virgin to my share. His member was stiff and hard as a thorn. Just as he finished, my mother, who heard the shriek, came into the room. What a happy girl you are, she said. Plucked off this smock, which I will keep for a relic, since it is stained with the virgin's blood. The end. This is How like this is like their Fifty Shades of Grey? Yes. That's horrible. Yeah. But it was juicy at the time. I mean, I'm kind of concerned that they're like holding a piece of fabric as a relic because she was a virgin and it stained with her blood. That concerns me. I don't think that's that's juicy. I think that's freaking weird. I hope um, I gave that some liveliness in that I re loved retelling. It. I loved it. Uh, the voice changes were amazing. Thanks. So uh, they would then break off and go into rooms that were equipped with the, quote, necessities. Uh, though they had operated in secret for a long time, an anonymous tell-all was written in 1760. This stirred the public up so much that they literally started to line the shores of the, like, where they would leave from to get in the boats oh, to, to go, go to the abbey. Like, they started to line the shore there. And they would watch them row to, to the... Wait, they still went with all these people, like, watching from the yes. shore? So what happened was Dashwood was like, F all of you and this person who did a tell-all. I'll fix it. So what he ended up doing was digging tunnels and caves underneath his property. So then what would happen would be they would go through his house, go down in, 
through the tunnels, out the cave, and leave from there. So no so one then would see no them. one would know when they were leaving or coming back and they couldn't see them. But here's the thing. They also then started to have orgies and parties in the caves. <laughs> so like he spent all this money refurbishing this abbey, putting obscene photos and stained glass and everything else. And now they're just like, oh, the dirt's fine. Also very accessible, I feel like, to the public if they just wanted to, you know, scamper around well, and find I'm those caves. Well, I'm wondering if he had, um, like, a fence or something surrounding, like, his property that kind of, like, prohibited people to get, like, from getting so far. You know what I mean? So, because the parties were now taking place behind gates... Okay, that answers my own question in the notes that I wrote. Um, taking place behind gates and underneath the property so like at this point they basically just like stopped going to the abbey which i feel bad because now you desecrated this abbey with like pornography and like like stained glass and you're just like okay we're not going there anymore like we just love the dirt like i'm like why would you even do that this kind of gives more weight to franklin being a being a part of the parties because you don't really know who is coming and going and with him being there conveniently at the same time that parties and meetings are going on like we can just again like uh assume that he's being there i forgot this whole story was about ben franklin maybe being in the sex cult because <laughs> i was just so taken in by the fact like the the logistics the thing is crazy just the logistics yeah. alone i'm like oh my god so another thing that kind of gives a little bit of weight is in a letter he wrote to someone, the exquisite sense of classical design charmingly reproduced at West Wincombe is as evident below the earth as above it. Oh, sounds and, like he might know of some secret tunnels and caves. Yeah. So uh, that is the story and information of the potentiality. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to make it today. Of Ben Franklin being in a sex cult. What are your thoughts? Share them with the class. <sighs> I mean, it's not even like the Ben Franklin part that has me like, oh, it's like the whole thing. Like, the whole mm-hmm. idea of it. hmm And the fact that men can do these ridiculous, stupid things. And, like, people are like, oh, okay. Yeah. I almost wonder, like, the people that were congregating on the shore, watching them row to and fro, were most of them men. And were most of them men trying to get on the boats to go. <laughs> like, these are the I can imagine that. I yeah. have. Like... I mean, I'm sure there were some people there that were, like, so outraged. Like, I'm sure, like, the priest in the in the town and, like, the people of the congregation were up in arms. I'm sure, like, the mayor or the governor, like, had to stop going because people were on the shore. Yeah. Um, because it said in, like, what I, like, came up with is that a lot of the people have political backgrounds. So, I'm sure, like, your governor, mayor, whatever, like, all of those people probably were going... So I'm like, did they have to stop going? So now, because like the public knows now and they're like on the shore, like yelling. Were there people there trying to go to the party? (laughs) Like, 
What were they doing there? And yeah. obviously it didn't matter. So why did they keep showing up? Yeah, I mean, the fact that somebody wrote this tell-all and it still went on. And they actually didn't, it didn't even go on on the secluded island anymore. It went mm-hmm. on, like, in caves on the mainland. Yep. Like, almost These... seems less hidden. Is the Abbey still there on that island? Um, that I... I'd be curious to know that. Do like not know. Let's see. We can cut all this wasted time I'm about to that's do fine. out. That's fine. Um, I'm just, like, actually curious to see, like... Are the stained glasses still there? What was the Abbey called? Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Um, My Google right now is celebrities eating hot wings interview. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like to clarify that the Abbey between 1204 and 1536 was inhabited by monks. Okay, here it is. So today the building, according to Wikipedia, um, the Menmanham Abbey is a private residence and is not open to the public. A report in 2015 indicated it had been owned by a German family with part of the Abbey purchased in the 1970s and the rest in the mid-1990s. So I think that there there would have to be multiple buildings on there for them to be like purchasing half of it at one time and half of it at another. It does not say anything about the stained glass windows. (laughs) It had been modified in 1755 for Sir Francis Dashwood and restored and extended in 1898. So somebody came in in 1898 and redid it. Gotcha. Which makes sense. (laughs) Why would you want to have that in your your abbey? So I hope everybody enjoyed learning about Ben Franklin and the Hellfire Club. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Gummy and Jeans Hysterical History. You can follow us on Instagram at GNJ History Pod, or you can like us on Facebook. Music was produced and written by me, Whitley Tressler, and everything else was done by both Emily and I. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>